Lads, the final starting a few hours. I am excited. Tampa, Colorado. How are we feeling? Pretty good. Okay. I'm uh yeah. I'm excited to see this. I feel I think Daniel summed it up pretty well last episode where he said, um, this is the final we kind of been waiting for for about three years now, kind of mm-hmm. since uh Tampa made their first cup final. Um I, and we finally got it. So t- today's gonna be a shorter episode. Uh, Only because three hours. Only no, three no, hours, no, right? no, 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 no. Uh, because it just it's been kind of quiet. Uh, the commissioner is speaking right now, but obviously we don't have the time to fully sure go into it. Uh, I'm sure next episode we can go over it though. Uh, there's oh, some I'm co- sure there's gonna be a lot to talk about, right, Adam? You know how it is. His hot, you know, his obvious hot takes all the time. What the the old commissioner? Uh, yeah. the officiating and uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he, you know what? I'm convinced Gary Bettman. I was talking with Will about this once about how Bettman doesn't actually watch hockey, but before he does a press conference, he'll find like an athletic article that's the biggest stories in the league. And his last one at the Austrian game would have been like, ah, Ovechkin chasing history. Uh, McDavid and Matthews doing really well. Uh, next question. Ah, uh, yeah, officiating good. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> That's sort of how it feels like with Batman's press conferences, oh. but well, because I think Board of Governors is coming up too, right? So, hmm? I believe that was on Monday. Were they? Maybe it should not. be so quiet once everything comes out of there. Because think of it, the Cup Final is going to be done. Like Max, Max will be done. <laughs> too. Mm-hmm. And then from there, obviously, we're going to keep getting coaching stuff because there's still a fair, fair few teams who need to hire. Then we're like less than a month from the draft and then free agency. So it's going to start picking up really, really quickly. And really, gonna, really. Quickly. And then it's going to drop off like a cliff. Exactly. Uh, but if we get an offseason half as good as last year, I think we'll all be happy. I wanted to open the show by reading something from Puckpedia because um, last week we were talking about Edmonton's cap situation. And I was confused about the Mike Smith situation about because he is an over 35 deal. I still haven't seen anything exactly about that. But Duncan Keith, I wanted to mention because as we mentioned, he had an illegal contract. However, what we forgot was because it's one of those illegal contracts prior to this CBA, if he retires, there's cap recapture. However, and I'll read the full thing here uh, from Puckpedia. Great site, by the way. Uh, if Duncan Keith were to retire after this season, the Blackhawks would have a 5.5 cap hit this year. Sorry, I should say next season, 22-23, and then a $2 million cap hit in 23-24. The Oilers would lose his actual cap hit at 5.5 for next season, and then instead have, uh, sorry, and then, uh, and instead have a $3.4 million negative cap hit, cap savings, for a total swing of $8.9 million. So they lose his cap hit and they basically get a cap bonus. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I think people were mentioning the Jared Callen buyout. That was yeah. a couple hundred thousand dollars, but not three so- million dollars. <laughs> Sorry, is the recapture is um I know I might be wrong here, but is this similar to Roberto Luongo with the Vancouver exactly. Yeah. exactly yeah, but okay. I, I don't think but it, it, the difference with Luongo was Florida and Vancouver got okay. screwed on that. Why did Flo- why did Florida because, get screwed because, there? Because Florida had the contract at the uh 
Oh, yeah, because yeah, because Florida had the contract at the time, mm. which to me, and now I now I'm even more confused. As you, that, thank you for bringing that up, Daniel, because I was trying to wrap my head around the Mike, the uh, Duncan Keith thing, and I'm like, okay, um, I don't understand it. But now you have the Roberto Luongo. What? Why is it? Why is it? I, I'd love to know, and I, I wish Cap friendly or Puckpedia, whoever knows, could explain it, is why this is a different situation than Roberto Luongo. Why why are the Oilers getting cap savings? Like, I understand why Chicago is getting the recapture penalty, right? That's just how these illegal contract works, because whatever. Um, but why is Edmonton getting the savings on this one when Florida did it? So it should help them if if this is if Keith retires, it should help them this offseason. And we talked about how there's a lot of work to do there. Uh, I don't know that that's dependent on if Keith if Keith retires. I'm still curious about Mike Smith because he's over 35. Maybe because there's one year left. I don't know the exacts of it, but I would imagine if he retires, maybe it's small. But I thought over for 35 deals also had some sort of penalty if guys retired. Or maybe I'm just thinking pure bonus-wise because, remember, I think the Canucks have one next year because Yurisov Halak played in X amount of games. But uh, there's there's a lot of those sort of small wrinkles in the cap that just don't seem to make sense. Okay, uh, we can quickly preview game one tonight, and then we'll go into the big stuff, a.k.a. the coaching news. Well, okay, I should say the most recent news things. The, the cup final's a bit more important than Tortorella getting hired in Philly. No offense, but, you know, the cup final. Um so, yeah, with the cup final, talk about uh, the big stuff and then the more recent news after. Uh, it looks like Braden Point will be playing tonight. First time since Game 7 versus Toronto, which is funny. And Nazem Kadri, maybe not, but he apparently is listed day-to-day. I think the same with Andrew Cogliano, who I totally remembered was hurt. No, he didn't. Um, if you imagine he'll probably need a bit of time. They're probably going to ease him in to get that rust off because he played in so long. It's different in the regular season, but imagine going from, listen, that first round series is pretty intense, but then going to the atmosphere of the start of a cup final. Right. What's reasonable to expect from Braden Point tonight? Um, for me, I I mean, the to me, I don't think the atmosphere matters. He's been through it twice. Like that's the thing. And that's the whole point. That's the whole thing with Tampa is that they've been through this and you can talk about who they played, blah, 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 blah. They've been through it. That's the, that's the main thing here is that they've been through it and you're getting back a player. Okay. In this series, Braden point is the, what he's not the best player. That's Nathan McKinnon. Where does he rank among the best players in this series? Well, I think third? even before McKinnon, you say Kale McCarr. Okay, sorry, third or fourth? Yeah, I say top five. Yeah, what worst top five? Because what Hedman is Hedman McCarr, McKinnon, Kucherov Vasilevsky. playoff. Oh yeah, okay. Vas- oh yeah, Vasilevsky, and then like Kucherov and that. So he's five or six maybe, which is hilarious. Which is crazy. <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, like that, and Tampa's getting back their best, second best forward, best forward. I guess it depends on who you ask. Like, it's just, it's crazy for them. I think this, again, you know, we were talking about like last episode, how we thought how close this series was going to be. 
without Braden Point and without Nazem Kadri. And now we know Braden Point's going to be in the series. And I what not that it's not going to be tight. The series isn't going to be tight, but I think this is a major advantage for Tampa. It's a, ahead, definitely Dan. a big jolt, I think, right now. Because the Lightning, they've already been rolling. Um, but Alex said, you know, arguably they're one of their top three guys is coming back into the lineup. But the big thing I have for that is that they've been able to do the next man up. They, I think they're the definition or at least the model of next man up. Even if you don't have a 100% Braden point, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that it would be a big problem if you limit his minutes. If you maybe don't give him like the crunch time minutes, you let the other guys, especially in that top nine, take up some of more of that offensive role that they've, they've had to do without him. So I think it's just, an extra thing they have there and just see how it goes because it, it is pretty nice though that they do have them back. It's funny that we mentioned all those good players and we did not mention Landis Cog, Rantanen, or Steven Stamkos, who, yep. who is having like the best stretch of hockey maybe ever in his career. So I went to go get cat friendly up because I wanted to look at some stuff. I instinctively went on Twitter somehow. Uh, I, I don't know, uh, you know, just social media Positive. age. Positive. And I just saw something that said, Gary Bettman says, uh, that apparently the NHL, let me double check and read this right, uh, just announced record revenues this season for the NHL. Yeah. I love escrow, don't you guys? Uh, yeah. Best record set of years, but uh, escrow. And but uh, he also said within three years, maybe even two, the salary cap can begin growing again at the regular rate, which we all knew. This is, again, not new information, just You know repeated. what we could thank, we could thank for that, them. guys? What can we thank? Or who? The retro reverse jerseys. Oh, yeah. yeah sure. I'm, sure the, I'm sure, yeah, Daniel, yeah, yeah. I'm sure the, the Arizona Coyotes retro reverse jerseys, just those. Yeah, just those. And Especially, Detroit practice jerseys. Of yeah, yeah. Same with the Islanders practice jerseys. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. Wow. Yeah, I, I kind of like, uh, I'm kind of excited for the series, guys. I won't lie. Uh, I was Is there anyone like- who's not excited for the series? I want to know. Um, uh, we, and we should have a stern talking to. You know what it really reminds me of, and I know that this is going to be a while ago, and I was still, I was around, but I didn't get to watch it because I didn't like hockey yet, but I was still pretty young as well. But this really does remind me of the 2001 finals when you look back on it. You're going to have to refresh our memory. It was the, uh, when the Avalanche beat the Devils. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and like, you know, both that. first place teams against each other. Um, I know Tampa's not first, but it just kind of feels like that, like, the defending champions, the Devils, are in the finals. Another dynasty team is in the finals. And it just, it's, it, like, I don't feel like anyone's really an underdog. Like, there is the benefits on each side. For example, goaltending especially. But I don't know. It just, it just kind of feels like me, like, like to this, that we're like, any team could take an advantage here. I, I just kept looking at the rosters the last couple of days and, as much as I love the abs and I love some, like the way they play, the way they move the puck, it's just so hard to get past the idea of Kemper versus Vasilevsky. Like I saw, like, I think NHL.com on Twitter was posting some stats, right? And it was like, uh, well, they like, for, they example, what the, like Fransos hasn't lost in the playoffs. I'm like, okay, hold on there. Cool. And they were like, ah, Makar franchise record for these points. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. And then I see them like, ah, over a four point something goals per game. And I wanted to say, what's the goals against? What's the goals again? Can I see the advanced numbers for the goalies, please? I'd like to see that. Uh, 
But it's just, I, I can't get over the fact that Vasilevsky is right there on the brink of history against, no offense, Darcy Kemper, who has been in and out with eye issues and vision problems or in this playoffs, and Pavel Francos, who had a few stinkers against Edmonton. I, I, I am you. worried. Like I could kind of feel that because even 100% Darcy Kemper doesn't compare. <laughs> so there's one goalie in this league who, who comes close to that. And they beat him. And they, yeah. And they yeah. beat him. Like, sorry. Like, it's just a, a fact. Like, there's Louis no Deming, one right? else talking about. No, no, Daniel. No, okay. <laughs> like, Put some respect on name, name. Um, like there's, I don't even think it's up for debate. Like I think they were talking about it on Thirty Two Thoughts. Andre Vasilevsky's on a on a tier of his own, and just below him is Igor Shosturkin on a tier of his own. And then yeah. there's the drop off. And then there's like Soros, so, maybe Soros, Sorokin, and then Arstrom. I don't, I don't want to put Freddie Anderson there. Okay. He had a chance, but because he didn't play in the playoffs, I can't give him any respect. Okay. He can't do that. There's a yeah man. I was I was looking again at, at UFA goalies and I'm like man, it is kind of dry out there. Yeah, it's and not it like, a great goalie market this year. And uh, I think the stretch he had with Minnesota kind of made me question Mark Andre Fleury a lot. <laughs> Obviously, I was always kind of anti him starting in the playoffs, but I am worried. I'm looking at the goalie market. And I'm like man, it, it's it's still that thing of if you're gonna win the East for the next few years. You have to get by Vasilevsky and Shosturkin, and it's so difficult to see anyone get past those guys. Right. Question: uh, Is Andre Vasilevsky the pre two thousand and eighteen nineteen LeBron James? Honestly, it feels it honestly does feel like that because essentially to get to the NBA Finals in the East, you had to oh, go through okay. LeBron. Yeah, okay. and I'm and Raptors fans very much know this. It was quite a mission to do it and they didn't do it they didn't (laughs) (laughs) then he moved to la and then they won but right that's the timeline daniel so honestly that's actually not a bad comparison at all we okay because obviously i'm I'm new getting into the nba when he so yeah he went to la yeah because that was the only time they could get out the west and it was afterwards when Kawhi went to the clippers like i'm gonna take over la it was that same summer the same summer. So wait, wait, wait. Was Anthony Davis a Laker the year Toronto won the cup? Uh, won on the cup, won the NBA title? No, he was no. traded to that, LA after. That that's summer, why. Okay. That summer, okay. Yeah. That's why. Okay. When, I was like, wondering. Lakers mortgaged their future. <laughs> yes. And now uh, they're stuck. And then the Clippers the mortgaged their future. No. Yeah. And they suck too. Well, Kawhi wasn't healthy. That's fine. But still, you know, I, I it, it's, you know, who I really like because I've been watching him on first take. Patrick Beverly, really yeah, funny yeah. guy. I thought you were gonna say really JJ Redick. Oh, oh, JJ too. JJ like really Redick, yeah. He's but like Pat natural, Bev. He reminds me of a Kevin Bieksa. Like he's a very natural. Like right after retirement, like very natural in that media environment. Did you see the sort of little rumors about how Sportsnet aren't very happy with the way their intermissions been, like hockey night special? What? Oh, I didn't hear their intermissions aren't good. No, nah, well, yeah, well, no, but. Back to you, Kelly. Well, Mike Smith is resilient. No, I mean maybe you could also turn down the spending, like the sports spending odds. Can I? Can I be like completely honest? And I'm not going to trash sports, and I'm just going to trash hockey. Um, 
the way it's done. And I think here's what the issue is, is, okay, look at basketball. Who's talking? Who's, who are the former players that go on, on TV? Most of them are pretty good players. Most of them, Shaq, Barkley, the list goes on. Decent players. Kenny the Jet Smith, NBA champion. Have some respect. No, no offense to the, and, and they're great, but they own, but the, and, from hockey perspective, the guys who are currently on TV are great, but for the most part, they're only offering the one perspective of their side of it. They're not star players. We finally just got that this year with Wayne Gretzky. And it's been a breath of fresh air because he's offering a perspective that we haven't had for how many years, what we need is a mix of all of that together. Like it's big. It's, it can't be, a seventh defenseman like not saying kevin bx is a seventh defenseman i'm just saying that type of because those are the type of guys who end up coming into hockey media is that fair is that a fair assessment well, i yeah, think bxn is bxn is prime was so, a, i was pretty good yes yeah, sorry i'm not talking specifically about yeah. kevin bx i'm yeah. just saying the caliber of player who enters hockey media versus the caliber of player who enters basketball media completely different and there's i feel like there's a much wider range in basketball and i think that vastly helps the discussion on during intermissions and during just general analysis but that's me do you think that will change i guess with the current generation of players that you know it's not nba level but yeah outspoken but that's gonna take 20 years when the guy like we're gonna okay so this this generation of hockey players okay pk is probably gonna do media who, who else do you think is going to get into media from this generation of players? I hope Stamkos does. Stamkos is, but you know who I, I'd always like? I would love to see do it. I don't know if he would, though, because I don't know where he, what he's doing. Zetterberg, I think, would be oh. really good at because he was always a really good quote. Um, I think Brad people always sort of liked Brad Marchand would be brilliant. I could see with a podcast. Brilliant. Brad Moore, the oh. Brad Moore and Parker. Ah. Brad and Brad and PK a podcast. Let's do it. Remember when you laid me out in the best clean hit ever, PK? I do. look up the PK hit on Brad Marsh. Mm. Today's guest will be Milan Lucic, and we're gonna look back on that series. Oh god! So what did you say to Dale Weiss in the handshake line? Ah, it stays on the ice. I also think that like NHL players, like they don't they speak a different language sometimes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they just. They don't sound real sometimes. They just, they just, you just listen to stuff. Like if you go to like an Instagram page of any hockey player and look at the things their teammates are saying, what does it mean? They just, they don't feel like real people sometimes. Oh, I, I agree. I don't, and I don't think that stops at hockey. I think that is in most sports. Like, sorry, I, I want to be clear. I'm not diminishing the work any of them have done so far. What I'm saying is to continue the growth I think of hockey media, what everyone thinks, like, I really think the different, um, different opinions that we can receive, but we haven't received yet is really what's killing us. It just doesn't feel like it's targeted to a young audience a lot either. It doesn't Yeah. like, yeah, listen, I don't want to throw <laughs> sand in Ron McLean's eyes, but I watch hockey night sometimes and I don't feel like I am a target audience. I'm 23. No, I'm 22. 22? I'm 22. You know what I mean? You have to think <laughs> about how old I was. 
Um, like I'm 22 years old and I'm like, no offense. I love the game of hockey. And I've said this before. I don't really care about the, the Oilers in the eighties. I don't care. I remember watching a sports net intermission show in the playoffs and Cappy in his betting corner thing made this joke about like, here's this random player. He played in this league. I'm sure Ron McLean has a story about it. They throw it back to Ron McLean and he has a story. And I'm just thinking guys, like, you know what I think could really, really work is so I, I think you've seen a lot this year that we don't see often is like Jennifer Bottrell is great, right? So is BX as we, BX was good. Those two you've seen occasionally they go at it. Not like they don't antagonize each other, but they can have a healthy debate. We need debates. Like, listen, we don't really have, even if in a lot of like hockey radio and that, we don't have a debate show. I'm not saying you copy a first take, but or skip and Shannon, but have but something along that lines. Like you don't have to be like screening blasphemy and all that, but just allow people to have a sort of discussion here. Like let's have a Hedden and McCard debate here and not just be like, oh, experience. No, no. Like, don't be afraid to, you know, just pinch each other a little bit here. Like, I just, just don't make it a sort of, you know, like a, a batting line. Like, oh, it's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. Let's have a bit of fun here. Which have is fun. the sport. I feel like it's, we're watching, uh, coverage for a completely different sport sometimes because mm-hmm. that's what is on the ice and then what ends up getting talked about feel like two completely different things like mm-hmm. yeah debate fun like just it feels so it feels so perfect it has to be prim and proper and i get it that's that's cbc that's hockey night in canada i understand but like it's 2022 we're halfway through the year come on like i get it. it there's the history behind it but like don't tell me things don't change don't tell me the audience doesn't change like i'm sorry that's not a, that you can have fun and not completely ruin a reputation i think that's very much possible listen you see the next generation coming let's reach out to them sportsnet come on kind of like the next generation of the aginla family Jade winning gold at the women's U18s. What a transition there. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the women's team uh, because they had some pretty great wins. Of course, beating the States in the gold medal game along the way, beating Finland again after getting pwned by both of them earlier in the tournament. Uh, Just wanted to give that out. I barely knew this tournament was going on actually until I heard like the SDB guys talk about like, oh, this is, oh yeah. Um, This, I believe is the same tournament that, that the double IHF were like publicly pushed, like, are you rescheduling this? Rescheduling, sorry. Uh, and I don't think TSN, we're coming out. We already went after Rogers. We're going after Bell now. I don't think TSN did a great job of advertising. Obviously, all the eyes right now are on Sportsnet, ESPN, and TNT. But how did we just not know? It was like Calgary tweeting about the Aginlas, yeah. and that's it. I yeah, wasn't I attacking little... Rogers. I just want to be clear. I wasn't attacking Rogers. I think, would love to work but, for you one no, day. No, no. Listen, I think it's. I think it's all. I think it's all. All of them. Like, it. And it's not a bash. I think if you, it's constructive criticism. I didn't say you're garbage and you should never do this again. I said this is what you need to do better. It's constructive criticism. Now back to the point. Yeah. Daniel, go ahead. I'd like Sorry. to just say one thing about it, and uh, I know what you mean like I. It was nice to see on Twitter like the updates and what was going on, but. 
Yeah, like not a lot of advertising for that. It's something we've said before when it came to these international tournaments. So I'm hoping for more of that. But the second thing is, I like that you mentioned the Calgary angle to it because Will Baldwin had quite a few tweets about oh, it yeah. where they get again, his like Drum again, his family, just how well loved they are by the Flames. And even today, how the whole family is embraced by that community. So that, that's, that, that was a great story I liked about that one. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it makes me concerned. What if, you know, it was a different per, if it was Jade Smith, you know what I mean? Like if it wasn't the Aginla name, are we, is it being mentioned? Cause I don't think any other player was really mentioned. And listen, I don't know the U18 world of women's hockey very well, uh, which is a shame, but, uh, I just wanted to mention them anyway and say, Hey, they got gold. Uh, anytime you can beat the States, uh, we got to mention it. So, uh, you know, just good to see. Good to see. Uh, beside that, guys, I'm happy we got that. We had that little Sportsnet debate there because we needed stuff to talk about. Uh, okay, gentlemen, we can talk about some of the more uh, more uh, big news things coming out of the last few days. Both of these I originally saw reported by Kevin Weeks, who continues to be great as uh, NHL fans. How we going here? First off, I think this was the one he said last night or a few days ago um, that the new head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights is Bruce Cassidy. You love to see it. I think it's, it's funny how it's funny how uh, just how quickly he was hired after Boston, let him go. Uh, I'm not, I don't think anyone's surprised by it. Maybe it's like, uh, I mean, you, it, it shows how much like Barry Trotz is taking his time, um, but a good hire for the Vegas Golden Knights who sounds like maybe they really needed a new voice there who doesn't hate goaltenders like Pete DeBordin. <laughs> Apparently, um, and I just saw this tweet, um, apparently he was unemployed for six days and 22 hours, Wow, which is crazy. Um, less than a week, barely. Yes. But less than a week. Um, I'm, I'm happy about this signing. I think that with Vegas, it kind of settles things down. Right now, they get a no-nonsense guy, but you've shown with the lineups he's been able to have with Boston. He's been able to adjust especially when you needed a bit more speed to that traditional Boston-looking team, um, especially in the bottom six. I think it gives a better voice to what I think is going to be an uncertain time for the Golden Knights, depending on what happens. You know, Jack Eichel is finally going to be in the team full-time, his first training camp with them, going to see how he fits with everything. A lot of guys coming back from injury seeing on what that core is really going to look like. You know, I'm looking at Max Pacioretty. I'm looking at Robin Leonard. I'm seeing how they are going to be respond to their past injuries and really address the depth part. We've, we spoke about Vegas for so long about their depth. Remember when we said Cody Glass is going to fix that down the middle? That was a crazy prediction we had. Um, I'm really going to see how that goes because I have liked how Bruce Cassidy has been able to kind of deal with what he was given. You know, David Krejci was gone. Um, you had to figure out how, how your centers are going to line up, how your wingers going to line up, how's everything going to look without Tori Krug. So it'll be interesting to see. Or even goaltending too. Um, you don't have to ask. You have these new guys, and how are you going to able to manage their, their games and their minutes? You know what I like is uh, no young prospects are going to complain about playing for Cassidy because uh, Vegas have none because they traded them all away. They have Zach Dean. <laughs> Who? Zach Dean. Who the hell is Zach D- Dean? Like, like, he got him like a bit late in the first round two years ago. 
Yo, they still have to make a lot of cat moves, by the way. They are uh, they're they're a little uh, little choked up there. You know, I, I think this is this is like great for Vegas. Obviously, I I would have thought Trotz might have been your best choice. Imagine Barry Trotz and Mark Stone. Uh, also, we all know Barry Trotz makes goaltender's life a hell of a lot easier. Uh, Robin Leonard would have loved that, but I, I still think Bruce Cassidy is going to absolutely love this team. Um, I think like, like you guys were saying about the veterans, I think obviously there's a lot of veterans on this team. And I think funny enough, I think he's walking into a locker into a team that in a way is similar to Boston in that the depth is a little non-existent at the moment. And I think we saw that in Boston this year. And look what he did with, with Boston. Um, they made it to the playoffs. What, uh, what I kind of love is I always like thinking about some of the players they may be coached against. Hey, Petrangelo. Remember when you, I think he scored the cup winning goal. I think, he, I think Petrangelo was the, it was, it was the Brad Marsh and famously skate to the bench right past Petrangelo in the game and then scored. And that, you know, that, that Michael, the Michael Jordan thing from uh, the last dance when he goes up to Larry Bird and he whispers some very kind, uh, not so kind <laughs> words. And we were like that Bruce Cassidy's going to go to Petrangelo saying, Hey buddy, thanks for, thanks for costing me a cup. Oh man. Remember back then 2019 Bennington was good and not hated. I, I saw, time. Yeah, and we saw each times. other in person crazy yeah, times crazy. oh man crazy. i know right I, I saw a tweet uh last night last night and it was from a he's a bruins writer now i can't remember his name and i couldn't find the tweet earlier but essentially saying bruce cassidy finally getting to coach jack eichel because if you remember oh, yeah. the bruins were interested uh and they were in the jack eichel sweepstakes the ncaa connection I don't think Cassidy coached in the NCAA. Oh, no. Um, he... I'm talking about Jack Eichel because he played for Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he yeah. played it. Yeah, okay, okay. I was about to say, yeah, you know. I was about to say because I'm pretty sure he played, he, like, coached the Frontenacs, which is interesting. Oh, cool. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay. From there, where else can we go, my, my friends? My friends, of course, uh, another Kevin Weeks. I love how he's playing the, the, the Rocky theme in the background because he's talking about Philadelphia. Uh, Gritty's going to have a great time, lads. So uh, Kevin Weeks is, is sort of saying here that Tortorella, John Tortorella, our favorite coach, uh, Larry Brooks is as well, has been offered the, the head coaching job, job in Philly. Uh, it's not confirmed. There's still details to be worked out, but you can expect that the next head coach in Philly is good chance it's going to be John Tortorella. Guys, I, I just, first off, there's a lot sort of, I think, that you can criticize this hire for. I will say this, though. Uh, is there a more Philadelphia-styled man in the exterior? Because Tortorella, we know, is a great guy. Annual rescue, love, lovely guy. But there's a guy, like, if you just watch Tortorella's media meltdowns and you see the combination there with the Philadelphia Flyers, is there not a better match made in heaven? No, I'm so I, excited. Yeah. I think this is, this is like... I get it. You wanted to bring, like, I think Trotz was probably their guy. Uh, I just thought like, this was like the perfect fit. Um, just 
he is seems to me literally like Philadelphia. If you said who encompasses what Philadelphia is, it is uh, John Tortorella. And I, I, I don't know. I, ha- I have this gut feeling that it might work. Like, I feel like he's going to give, <laughs> I know there's definitely c- concerns, but I just have this. And, and I think, I think those concerns that you're talking about are going to come three years down the line. That's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be just enough time to save Cl- Chuck Fletcher's job. Um, but I, I really do think it's going to work for at least three years, maybe, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to employ the turtle school of defense. We know for sure Master Roche is coming in. You're going to say, Daniel, sorry, I need to throw in the Dragon Ball reference there. That's okay. I really like that one. It's okay. Yeah, I think it is going to work for now. You know, he's going to reel in guys a bit, kind of, kind of like, kind of calm things down in a weird way, saying, like, no, this is the serious, this, like, he wants a bit more of a serious approach. And he's going to say that I command the locker room right now. That is what. Philly needs like especially after the way the year went for them especially how little like not little things but how individual cases happened like the Keith Yandel thing that was of a bit of a wrinkle in what was already a bad season um he has enough veterans that I think he could rely on that are a bit reliable like you know we still have James Arenes like there but it's going to be interesting to see how this works with the Philly roster of what we get, are they going to kind of lean into a full retool? Are they still going to try to spend big? So are they going to bring in guys that are actually going to complement them within this three-year window or just guys that they just want to spend money on? Because we know how the flyers are sometimes when it comes to assets. It's going to be the latter. They're not going to retool. They they all but said it in that press conference. It's an open checkbook. That's Isn't not retool. Aggressive. Didn't they say aggressive retool? Or what does like that, that mean? Yeah. What does it aggressive Adrian. retool? Aggressive. That, that's not a retool. That's like a, I, we're just, that, that's like a, okay, we're just going to continue on as if everything's fine. Exactly. Um, so it's not a retool. Can I just read this tweet real quick that I sent you guys earlier? I think I thought it was so funny. Sure. Right. From Lachlan Irvin. Uh, he's a writer for Canucks Army. Going from Alain Vigneault to John Tortorella means the Flyers are only one season away from hiring Jim Benning to turn them around in a hurry. I can't wait. I I can't wait. Also looking around the league. So let's just say that, uh, you know, the torts thing, let's just say they tweet out right now. Ah, it's done. Unless I'm missing someone. I think these are the teams that still need head coaches. The Florida Panthers don't know what's happening with Brunette. The Boston Bruins, obviously. Detroit, who knows who knows who it's gonna be. Uh, the Dallas Stars, like obviously there have been like guys like Freeman have said, oh look out to these guys. I, no one wants to hear us go on about ah talk. It's linked, but do it to Boris like until it's actually mentioned. But you know Dallas are there. Uh, Winnipeg, I think we're just kind of waiting for Barry to go there. Uh, Chicago, obviously interviewed Luke Richardson, leave him alone, and technically Edmonton. Woodcroft's not re-signed yet. I if they be don't, sure, someone. Sorry, I don't think so. But. Um, I'm just going through the list. I, oh, Seattle. Dave Haxall yeah. doesn't. Haxall doesn't have a contract for this year. Is what cap friendly says. 
Really? It says he's there, but doesn't have a contract. Interesting. Um, Very interesting. Man, if they don't get Jay Woodcroft done, that's a failure. That'd be really funny. Like, purely because, and listen, I very much criticized the Edmonton Oilers this year, and I think I gave them uh, their credit the last couple episodes, but he's made it work. They have deficiencies. I think there's like, what team doesn't have deficiencies? Maybe the Colorado Avalanche and Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are about the two teams that don't have deficiencies at the moment. Um, And he's made it work and it got them to this conference final where they haven't been in quite some time. Uh, And this core hasn't been forever. I think that's like, if you don't go back to that guy, I think... It's different than because now the now it's like well, how is that different than Florida, right? And so I'm just creating a creating a controversy for where it probably isn't needed, but they are similar situations, and we lost Daniel. Finish your point. Okay, no, they they there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities. Now they the coaches previous left for different reasons, but. It is different, or it is very similar. Sorry, that's what happens when we lose Daniel. We all uh, we, we get a little nervous. We get a little nervous. <laughs> I'll, uh, uh, we'll, I'll we'll be back. Yeah. We're gonna go find him. All right, so Daniel unfortunately cut out. He's back though. But in the meantime, we managed to get some more stuff from this Batman Daily press conference, so we can talk about that because we haven't been actually going for that long. Um. Just want to read a few things here. First off, um, Bill Daly, deputy commissioner, does confirm that Russia and Belarus, the cup's not going to go there for whoever wins it. You know, the players get their day with the cup. Apparently winners will get repaid a visit later on. I, I don't know. You didn't have to say that. Like, like, do, like yeah, you know how long the war is going to last? Just leave it for now. Yeah. Or even if it's like, what's going to happen after that? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you didn't have to say that. And yeah, just... I, what are you doing? If Sergeant, if if Tampa wins, Sergeyev just say tough crap. Your country sucks. No, if you know, you know what I mean. Russia's not great. We can all admit that. Not great. Just do it in Tampa. Just do it in Tampa. That's unfortunate. Don't be like, oh, another day you're gonna revisit. Shut up. Oh my God. Um, another thing, quickly here. This is something that that really is annoying. Okay. There's going to be two things mainly we're going to talk about here. This is the first one. Bill Daly says, and I'm reading this from Chris Johnson's Twitter. Funny that he took Bitcoin out of his Twitter bio, by the way. Uh, Bill Daly says the arbitration on Evander Kane's te- uh, terminated contract with the Sharks may not be resolved before free agency opens on July 13th. The arbitrator isn't available to conduct the next hearing until next month. Okay. Oh. So I believe they paused this initially because they wanted Kane wanted to focus on the season. Fair. I don't even think that's fair. No, I think that's fair if you do your do the proper planning. So he gets to finish his playing. Like, he, okay, so he, he here's what I, I really hate. Right, so Kane finishes the season. Goes on his freaking run. Mm-hmm. And this guy, this arbitrator, isn't even available. And this may not get resolved in basically the busiest time in the year. Where right. now, if I'm the Sharks, I'm furious about this. And if I'm the Oilers, I'm also furious about this. Or even if you're other teams, 
And even if you're a Vandu King, you're going to be frustrated about this because if it goes past the 13th and the 14th too, and if you miss out on all the time in the draft before that, that's when teams can make moves because of all their cap stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this summer you can go a certain amount over the cap. We know that. 10%. Um, 10%. But still, I don't know how many people are going to be holding off to have, if this asking price is going to happen, $8 million in cap space just waiting for Evander Kane. That's the I don't full feel 10%. Bad. So, <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know exactly how this happened. I, listen, I'm sure the arbitrator is a busy man, but how did we not sort of – you know, and I'm sure I'm I'm sure sure that the people that Mr. Kane owes money to as well aren't, aren't very happy about this either. <sighs> well, what are we doing? No, I I don't know. Like, I think it comes down to the lack of planning. Obviously, clearly, um, how do you not you? How much do you remember? Like, there was like half a billion dollars shelled out in free agency last year. Day, yes. after like day three or some ridiculous number like that like there's a lot of money gets that gets thrown around and like now you're you're kind of this throws a lot up in the air which i mean when this does get decided that might be good for us because it could throw an absolute wrench in in the nhl and Content. like content right you know what i mean like they decided no it was you could uh he's a free agent now and like it could be every team scrambling and that'd be cool for us but again that's not who this is about funnily enough it's the sharks the oilers and every other team that's interested in him because now you're like "Mm, we could have done this earlier or we could have planned this properly, but we failed to do both. And I think that's on brand for the NHL, to be honest. Maybe well, they actually thought um, <clears throat> the Oilers were going to go further than they thought. And like, well, we don't have to think about this now. So I don't know. It's, it is an interesting thing that it's such a unique case for this that I'd expect that there'd be a bit of an earlier idea how you're going to resolve everything i feel like right now it just it's it's kind of it's it's very yeah what alex said it's very on brand where let's just push this to the next month or push this aside for now and let's talk about the other things but we can't give more details about it because that's going to happen at a later time how nhl is it that things drag on this is the arbitration again i know independent investigator but this is still like it's an NHL contract and the false. Like, I thought they had to prove something to the NHL presented to have the contract terminated in the first place. So how long, and if you're a Vander Kane or his agent, Dan Milstein, would you not have this evidence ready from the time the Sharks terminated the deal to now? And then how long does it take to then, in the meantime, present that evidence and allow the arbitrator to make a decision? You know what I mean? It's it's why could they have not of and and again if I was the NHL, I would say tough crap, Kane. You're not playing until this is sorted out. This is way too important. This is a like it's it's it's, I want to say it's a dangerous precedent because I don't know how many times we're going to see this because of how extreme it was. But in the fact that this was terminated in the first place, and obviously 
clearly Kane wasn't happy with that because that's why we're in with an independent guy now. But uh, it's just, uh, it's nothing of, ah, we want to rewrite the rule books. Well, it's going to take too long to do it. Just light a fire under your ass for once and, and pick it up NHL. And Mr. Arbitrator, how do you just disappear? Well, he's probably like a lawyer, so he's probably going to the golf course. He's got his clubs. And he's going down to California because it's the middle of summer. But Florida, come Florida, on now to Florida, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe he's going to Georgia. Go, you gonna go play on Augusta or something? I don't know. Maybe. Should ask a little Laura. Where are the best golf courses? I don't know. I don't know. No, I, and I'm super. Like, I want you know what I really want to know and. I want to know what the conversation is behind the scene. Obviously that's what I want to know for everything, but I think this is going to, this is quite interesting mainly because like you said, we haven't really seen something like this before. Obviously we've seen contract terminations before, but I don't remember the last time we've seen one of this magnitude in dollar amount. And when was the last time we've seen one disputed like this? And that's like, what are other teams saying? Like, San Jose, I'm assuming, like you said, is pissed because it's like uh, July 13th, we have decisions to make. They Obviously, they don't have a GM right now, but whoever they hire is going to have dis- lots of decisions to make with that team. The mm-hmm. Oilers, Ken Holland has plenty of decisions to make about the future of the Edmonton Oilers in terms of Puyarvi. Are we bringing back Kane? A lot of de- a lot of depth guys they have to work with. Like, what are other teams looking at this and saying too? Like, I'd be curious to know their perspective on this. And then watch this actually get resolved. And Daly was exaggerating a bit. And we look silly. Please don't. I'd love to look like if there's time, there's times where it's like I'd rather not look silly. But there's plenty of times where I'm like I'd like to look silly, and this might be one of them because like. I don't know. I think that this is kind of embarrassing on the league. Like you didn't have this resolved by the first day of free agency, probably one of the biggest days of the, the biggest day of the off season. And one of the biggest days of the hockey season. Come on. My favorite day of the year that this trade deadline sucks. Now it's out in the draft. By the way, I don't think I mentioned it on the show. Obviously, Alex, unfortunately, won't be able to make it because the Gulf Nighthawks are just, you know, the Gulf Nighthawks. He, 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 he can't say no to the, the Gulf Nighthawks. He's the company man, right? Like, the, the employee of the month doesn't ditch it because he's employee of the month. He's the Jackie company man of the Nighthawks. Man. Who's going to do the uh, social media, though? Exactly. exactly. Um, but Daniel and I are going to the NHL draft in Montreal both days. Mm-hmm. Um, Our names are in it. Question, though, exactly. question. Here's yep. the real question. You do so. You have tickets to the second day. Yeah, you're gonna stay all seven, all six rounds. Yeah, yes. seven. Oh yeah, so well, sorry, two six to seven. The second yeah, day. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Because here's the I thing. I expect updates. Here's the thing. The second day goes quickly, but it's just the problem is the last two years it's been it's been remote. Remember how long apparently it took the second through seventh rounds to finish oh, last year? Yes. Uh, it's it, but normally it goes by a lot quicker, but it's. I'm excited. I'm I'm very very excited for it. It should be a very good time. Dan, maybe we'll take some videos and that we can do something yeah, fun. Yeah, we will. For I have to figure out what merch I'm wearing. It's yeah. I would hope you you don't have any Habs stuff, do you? I do. I have the Habs the uh, 1993 championship hat. You don't have a jersey though, do you? Uh, I could look for one. 
Oh, you're wearing a Jonathan Duran one if you can't find one. Hopefully, he's not traded by then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I actually have just about have something else from the press conference. Sure. Oh, yeah, to, yeah. I meant, to, yeah. I meant to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, no. Something different. I just saw it from Rick Westhead. So, you know, it's going to be. Oh, good. okay. Okay. So, NHL commissioner Gary Bettman in his pre Stanley Cup media availability says he expects the NHL will release the finding of findings of its investigations into the alleged rape of a woman by eight CHL players in 2018. Um, then he asked a question, what is the NHL's recourse if players contacted by investigators refuse to cooperate? That was the end of the tweet. But their expectation is the investigation will be released. Because it's the NHL, I'm expecting the answer to be no. But I think the big question everyone has, whether this comes, because obviously there's part of the government that's looking into this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I think, are going to be really curious as to do we know the names we don't know all the details of like the settlement amount and all that. Like we know apparently I think the victim asked for what was it, like 3.55 million, but we don't know how much she ended up getting in the settlement. Um, I would be very, very curious to know if any of the names come up. I doubt it. Like I, I would almost put money on the fact that they aren't, but I'm very interested to see what those findings are. I'm very interested to see. Um. Sorry, Daniel, I'm surprised they have, mentioned it too, by the way. Yeah, same. Daniel, do you have anything to say on that? Because I have another note from the press conference. I'd like to hear. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's such an iffy situation right now. Um, I know that based on what we've heard from Wick Westhead right now, I'm expecting more of, I guess, a thorough look at this, more details on what we could talk about for this one. So for now, I am very invested in what is going on right now, but... I'd like more, definitely more information on it. Alex, For sure. We'll do the part. Uh, just going back to what we were talking about, Evander Kane, funny enough. Okay. This is from Chris Johnson. In the event Evander Kane's grievance remains unresolved into the start of NHL free agency, which it sounds like it is. Um, it's not expected to prevent him from signing another contract for 2022, 2023 <laughs> and potentially beyond. Wow. How? <laughs> okay, hold on a minute. Oh, uh, I have questions. So what if he signs a big deal, right? Like he signs a, a great big deal with uh, uh the, the, with the, the Flyers open checkbook. Okay, what happens if he signs that contract? And then the arbitrator's like, San Jose in the wrong, you're actually a shark. What happens to the contract the Flyers got, gave to him? What, what happens? So basically, the Sharks, in theory, have to be careful about how much cap they have going into the offseason in July 1st, sorry, past July 13th or whatever, 12th, 13th, I can't remember, um, because they then all of a sudden might get Kane's contract back. And I remember, he does he not have a three-team list of where he can be traded to? So they're going to be stuck. He'll get to choose. He'll put Winnipeg on it like he did last year because he won't be sent there. Brilliant yeah. move. Bad guy, brilliant move. So I, I don't think Winnipeg. How can he sign a contract when we don't? So, you know what's, it's, it's super weird what I don't understand about this. And stupid league. I, I'm, and maybe I'm missing parts of this, but to me, the NHL is acting as if the, the termination was valid, which is what they believe clearly. This is how we got to this point. They believe it's valid, yet it's going to an arb. 
betrayed her, which now, and I don't know the law. So again, I don't know the law. I'm putting that out there. Does that mean they can still move forward as if they believe they're valid? Does it make sense to move forward? Sorry, more so, does it make sense to move forward as if they're valid? I think is what I don't understand. That's what I'm confused about. This is a dumb league. That's stupid. And uh, I, I can't wait for him to get signed somewhere and then the arbitrator say, no, you're a shark. And everything goes wrong. I, I can't wait for it to happen. Okay, final thing. This is also Chris Johnson had the tweet for this first. Um, oh, I closed it. I'm an idiot. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, oh goodness. It? I've stalled it. I've stalled. Yes. It, it was about the here. I have it. So Bill Daly says <laughs> it's important for the NHL to conduct the next World Cup of Hockey in season. Talks have been held for a possible February 2024 tournament, although that's a work in progress because it creates issues for the European leagues. Now, remember, like the European leagues, uh, I don't think all of them are involved, but they're involved in their own league and then they have the champions league for hockey so now they're already in two competitions um just as a thing which i imagine what could be the issue now you're overplaying these players a hell of a lot more yeah um i do have a solution but it is a not very nice solution okay let's hear it so, okay, so the world championship, the double IHF world championships, I understand its significance, and maybe you can also keep this. Um, but what I think you do is if you want to do an actual World Cup of hockey, you do it just before the regular season because that is a time where I'd have to go double check, but I believe there really is no european hockey being played as well and what you do and what can be done because obviously you're not going to do it in the dead middle of a summer that's not smart that there's so much else going on uh sports wise there could be soccer there could be baseball and these are all more popular than hockey of course formula one too yeah but that's a every weekend type thing right so it's a little bit different i say you do it before the regular season you get the double ihf in and say Come here. Let's let's do like let's do more than Drake has done in the last week. And LeBron. Uh, and LeBron. Why? What did LeBron say? No, I he miss, just I'm touched like, the cup, and it was like, oh my god! Oh like, yeah, I, yeah. Cup. LeBron touched the cup. Oh my god! Now there's like probably a million more people who know what hockey is in the U.S. Um, we love it. I say you do it then, and I feel like that's a good time. If you do it in September, is that is that bad? I'll tell you what, the guys going would love it because that means they don't have to do training camp. Yeah. And players hate training camp. And you, nope. so what you do it once every four years, like how would you do like to me, obviously world cup of hockey. If you're following the other formats, you probably do it once every four years. So the winter Olympics are obviously every four years. Yeah, no, so- it's yeah, it's because it's 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 two years between Olympics, summer and winter, summer and, summer winter. and winter. Yeah. So what I would do is is like so you have your Winter Olympics and then the years where there are the summer ones is when I would do a World Cup. Okay. Yeah. 
Is that that's what what I would do? I wouldn't because, want to interfere with the the Olympics. Like the God, no. no, yeah. Plus, God, not no, to mention no. players. The reason also what, what you kind of do is forget just the ratings thing. If I'm a player agreeing to doing this, mm-hmm. um, you know, not even like just the thing of earlier in the summer, I say I'm not doing that because if I'm a player who's had a deep run, I need the time to recover and build up my body. And the other one, I have are a like, solution. I, I want to go to Cancun. Is the other one and. I, Sorry, and just one last sorry, thing, and sorry, I'll get sorry. back to here. No, no, also, sorry. like, um, yeah, I just I don't want to. I can't do two big international tournaments in the same year if I'm a player. I'm like, no. let me do my Olympics there, and then another off two years, I'll help you with your stupid tournament. But yeah, uh, go ahead. Be, and well, because I think the importance here is is that it's not just an NHL thing, because mm-hmm. if it's an NHL thing, no, if like. Okay, I, I don't. It's the, it's not the same to me. I thought to me the World Cup they did in 2016, honestly, did not mean a whole lot. I watched it; it did not mean a whole lot to me. It didn't have the pizzazz. When I watched the World Cup every four years, my lord, that means something to me. When I watch the Euros every four years or the Copa America whenever it happens, because they like to do it in a different order. Sometimes it means something to these guys, right? I don't think it meant something to, I, it, it didn't feel the same. Um, I have a solution to the, the guys who say I need to rest mm-hmm. shorten the season. Oh, yeah, I oh, wish. Wow. Oh, I wish. Shorten the season permanently. They've been saying that with the NBA right yep. now. Shorten the season. Oh, and the NFL, well, it was uh, extra bye weeks. I see. Because here's what's funny. I don't think it's the worst thing to like. I, I get, I get, I get cautious doing it with certain sports like NFL because of what we know about concussions and all these and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't wouldn't be opposed if you had more like time to rest. But then I'm almost like, wouldn't you just have the summer? Because like, here's the thing: like we talk about Formula One. That's like. What is it like January? No, 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 no. It it ends in Christmas. When does the, the Formula March, One season usually start? around March? Around March, yeah, like yeah. that's pretty like. But obviously, those guys have a different sort of physical strain compared to other ones. I mean, well, Lewis Hamilton might not have Very a work different. back after Montreal, but poor guy. But like, I, I also the travel <laughs> is insane. They're completely different, right? So. so if I'm a Western, like for example, if I'm a Western. Uh, a Western NHL team. Uh-huh. God, I would love a, a, like a shorter schedule. Sure. God, I would love it. Less games because they're like, if you're Vancouver, like how more like, I don't know. Uh, like I, I wonder what Seattle's travel is like, cause it's going to suck. Like the notoriously, the West have the worst travel in the league. I believe Dallas guys, like, has the worst. Is it yeah. Dallas or is it? Um, that sounds right. I believe it's, uh, I feel like I hear Jeff Merrick say it all the time that Dallas has the worst schedule. So I'd be okay with it, but I mean, it just is the NHL. It's always that thing of what we would love, and then it's like the no, NHL no. always have the opposite opinion. Because the By NHL, the way, when looks- I said stupid, sorry, when I said stupid tournament, I didn't mean your idea. I mean the general idea of the World Cup of Hockey because uh, it's extremely yeah. hot. By the way, yeah, no, the the NHL doesn't listen. If you if you don't think the World Cup of Soccer helps grow the and has helped grow the game of soccer around the world you're horribly mistaken mm-hmm. um this could do great things i think for the nhl and growing it around the world and 
what I think the NHL needs to understand if they want to get this done. And I think we've said it about a hundred times on this podcast is that you need the NBA, I think is very well known around the world. Fair. Oh yeah. Adam Silver is not perfect, but he like what he's done is great. You know what I mean? The premier league is known around the world. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying the like it's not going to be a snap of the finger that this is going to happen, but you have to start somewhere. And I genuinely believe that if you start like this, I think it will definitely help. And it's what I think. And again, another thing the NHL doesn't understand is this is a long game. This isn't a this is going to be a five year thing. And but in five years, we're going to be like this. It's like they've forgotten that change and growth takes time. And I think that's what they're they've forgotten in their growth of hockey. Not that they care, clearly not. They don't care about the growth of hockey, but it'd be nice for them to care a little bit. I, I just saw a really funny tweet from the official Star Wars account. Just seeing like <laughs> you may have seen it actually. When someone's like, Don't make Star Wars political, right? And then someone was like, like a queer like character in that, for example. They, they're humans, right? Like it, it isn't like political. Those are people, right? Um, and, and then the other one was a joke of like war is literally in our name. It's like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? But like just stuff like that, right? Um, and like I just think of that, right? And the other day Nick Suzuki was talking about like really wanting to reach out to the LGBT. I don't know the full acronym. I'm so sorry. But like that full community, right? And like, I remember, I think Sarah Sivian talked about like that part of the NHL's ally program is extremely out of date. And if you look at the representatives from each team, uh, some of them don't even like it's out of date. You know what I mean? Like there are certain guys like he doesn't play for that team anymore. Um, And that's like another. And I talked about it, obviously, because Pride Month is very relevant right now. Um, Like, where's that? (laughs) And I I, I was going to say like the women's game, but we've sort of beat that horse horse to death. You know what I mean already? Um, but it's another example of like, man, they just don't try. And it's no, really sad. It's really sad. Mm. And like and it's a great game. It's it's frustrating the some of the comments because I feel like there's just a lack of like understanding of business, even though they pretend to talk up talk as if they care about the business of hockey. You do understand that by doing things like these. Um, it does grow the game. If you care that much, it's like, I, I don't know really like what to say, like, come on. Like, I mean, it's like, it's 2022. Let's figure it out. You do understand that if you actually care about the business of hockey, you'd want more people to watch the game of hockey, which means you should reach out to a better or to a larger audience group that you haven't in the past. And you know that you've lacked that audience in the past, yet you do nothing about it. So if you're okay with stagnation, which the NHL has been in for quite some time, I think in terms of audience growth and I mean, uh, hockey, the get, getting people kids getting into hockey I, I think in canada is not anywhere near its high and i don't think it's going to be near its high anytime soon the way the economy is going at the moment you should absolutely 
be trying to get a larger audience. And they failed to do that for years. I think that's the biggest thing for me right now is when we talk about international tournaments, we talk about bringing in new fans. That's definitely something that as of right now, I'm excited about what we're talking on this subject. But at the same time, it is about the preparation. It is about what you mentioned of, of actually advertising this, of actually having a, a bit more of outreach beyond what we call the traditional hockey markets, because it is going to stay the same no matter what this tournament is going to look like. Um, we look back on 2016, you know, the most recent idea of what a World Cup of Hockey looked like. And I was excited for it. The only thing is it really has to be in the context of a lot more certainty of what's going on with things. I think at the backdrop of it, there was the uncertainty of the Olympics. We didn't know what was going on with that one. But I think for this one, it just has to be advertised as we're going to have the top guys there. We're going to have more of what you want to see. We're going to see more variety here. We're going to have a big thing is I think the TV rights. Is every station going to be able to have the games playing? Is That's a big thing for me because I look back and I know this is a very, very old argument right now. I think this is from 2015, 2016, 2017. And it's not from the most reliable source, but it is a good idea of what traditionalists look at when it comes to hockey. Don Cherry, remember when he said, no one is going to care about watching a game in the middle of the night. But it's not just about Canada. It's about all the other people around the world who are watching it. Daniel, you know what I think? What do you think? I lost my train of thought. I won't lie because I was just looking something up. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. Alex just came back on the, on the, the question? YouTube thing. It looked like you like flashed, like you were blue. Like yeah, I saw, I saw. I was like, what just happened? But what no, like question? Daniel was giving a point and I had like a thing I was going to say and it completely like blew oh. my mind. Like my, I lost my train of oh, thought. Daniel, what was your point? I'm distracted. Just about how you can't fumble the bag when it comes to advertising an international tournament. Um, and it's not just for the traditionalists because I mentioned, and you know, again, I, I've mentioned this before that you know it is an outdated one. But is Don Cherry saying that what who's gonna pay attention to a game that plays at like four five o'clock in the morning, for example? But it's not just about the Canadian fans; it's about expanding and it's about outreaching. No, I and I and I hundred percent agree with you. Now, and and I don't want to. I, I don't agree with 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 what he said, but I think there's a point to build off, um, build off from there where it's like, yeah, no, who's you're right. Who's going to watch at four and five in the morning because you did such a crappy job at, um, growing the game in the past. And now you're in, you've kind of dug yourself this hole that, uh, huh, you know, who's going to watch this game. And, you know, what the I think the NHL has this luxury in a way where I think you can get people from Sweden, from Finland, from Norway, like from the the nor some of the Nordic countries and uh, some of the and Russia too, like who will watch these games because hockey is also popular there. Now it might not be the top the the most popular sport. But it is a popular enough sport there where I think if you put games games on in that time zone, it will it will grow. 
but they failed to do that because like you said, Daniel, they're so concentrated on what's going on here that they've forgotten that there's literally another side of the world. And I think that's what's stopping them from, from growing. I, I think. Gentlemen, uh, sorry, go ahead, Daniel. Oh, I was just going to mention uh, what Alex said, because um, we've been talking about the last dance a lot. And I know that it was very different in Wayne Gretzky's era. But when I, I think about that, you know, he was heavily involved in the advertising, in the promotions for things that it would have been great for the NHL players to go to the Olympics and have someone like Wayne Gretzky as well, just be a spokesperson there, just showing like, look, even our former stars with our current stars are coming to another side of the world to promote the game. And then when I think about the last dance and then you talk about basketball being so popular, it just, you know, it wasn't like that until arguably, you know, a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then it just expanded greatly with a Michael Jordan who was marketed properly and went to these international tournaments. Okay. Uh, sir, I'm just, I'm double checking something. Okay. Uh, All right. And this is uh, the same point that we were talking about before. Yeah. Okay. I'm asking Richard. I'm asking Richard about it because uh, okay. obviously he's going to know better than I will. Um, but I think we have everything for now, unless you guys have anything else you want to say. Who is Richard? Um, Coffee. Oh, Richard Coffee. Yes. Yeah. Friend of the show. No. Um, Richard uh, Panic. No, Richard no, Coffee. I wish. Um, I do not have anything else. I'm just double checking Twitter. Going to look if CJ tweeted anything else. All right, going through things now. I believe we're good, though. Okay. Um, good. Yeah, I'm looking. I hate that they got the guy who plays Jesse Pinkman to do betting odds because it just doesn't work <laughs> when he's doing it. But which which one is it? Uh, I, I don't know. I see this this audible ad and he's in. I shouldn't show it. They're not paying us. Um, but it, it's just it's sponsorous actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five point two billion dollars in revenue. God, I hate that. Oh wow. Was that what the number? Um. Yeah. Apparently. Ah. Oh, wow. uh, you know what, guys? We're totally screwed when it comes to the cap. But meh. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, shorter episode. I think we stretched out a bit, but I don't even think it's going to be an hour long, or just over under, just over. Uh, we're going to talk about Kenobi on Sunday mm-hmm. because uh, just schedules. Alex uh, hasn't seen it. Daniel, have you watched it yet? Um. Actually, I was about to watch it for my lunch break, but then when Alex said that he's not going to be able to watch it, I just ah, I'll just leave it to Sunday. Don't go we're, on Twitter. We're going to have to talk about oh. Sunday actually after the episode. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> it might not be Sunday. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Might not be Sunday. Uh, I just but we'll talk about, about it eventually. Um, season, maybe series finale. We don't know yet. There's rumors about season two, but uh, the last episode of. Maybe first season is next week, too, so that'll be exciting. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Check out all the links in the description, wherever you listen to find out. Check out the show on YouTube. It's getting better numbers nowadays, so that's always good. Uh, thank you. We'll see you later.